All right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the fun. My name is uh, Dylan, and I'll be serving as your GM this evening as we dive into the very first session of our brand new campaign here on Natural One Media. Woo! With non-trademark <laughs> game master titles, apparently, despite what it says on screen over here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nothing trademarked for sure. Uh, as I said, my name is Dylan. I will be serving as the uh, GM this go around. Uh, and today I am joined by not four, but five lovely players. Uh, if you would all like to go ahead and introduce yourselves, we'll get to your characters in a moment. Uh, but for now, we'll just have everybody go around and uh, let everybody know your name. So we'll start with Francisco. Oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Francisco. Um, you may recognize me as the uh, the DM for uh, Embers by Daybreak, which is our regular show on Tuesdays. Um, I'm super excited for you all to see this amazing adventure that Dylan has created for us and you. Um, and yeah, that's all I got to say for the moment. All right. Uh, who would you like to go? Uh, am I popcorning it to someone else or who? Uh, who would... All right, popcorn. <laughs> I'm gonna leave our special guest for the end. Uh, popcorn Bennett. Hello, uh, I'm Bennett. Franny just gave me a wonderful introduction. It's so touching. Uh, <laughs> you may notice me as a guy who's been in a couple of these other campaigns. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped for this. I really enjoyed the year of the toad that Dylan did before. And also, he better tell me what these cards mean. He told what me card? that I drew a card. What card? You, uh, Marshall, go. All right. Uh, hello, I am Marshall. I am, I am the producer here at Natural One Media. Uh, I make the things <laughs> that go on to here. And uh, today I'm no longer DMing. Uh, it's the beginning of my lack of DMing, the Wednesday show. Uh, so I'm happy to be another player this time, just like on Ooh. Tuesdays. Yeah, thanks so much. So let's uh, let's go with let's get our remote guest. <laughs> yeah, let's see if we can get him in. Hi, right. my name is Jade. I am totally shy, and that is the only reason why I am like this, muted sometimes and not seeing my face. It's only due to shyness and nothing else. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why I am the way I am. But I will be here when I can be. Don't worry about it. Leaving only our final guest, whose name I totally know, but you are all going to meet him at the... Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Kevin. Uh, very brand new to uh, Natural One Media, but I am the husband of McKenna, who you see in So, greetings. Woo! Yes. Welcome to the crew. Get We're it. We're happy to have you. Gaming. And dare I say, I see. <laughs> yeah. uh, we are... Uh, Good group of attractive young men. <laughs> we're gonna stop this. All right, so we're gonna get podcast. into it. We got exactly. Some, uh, Please, we got some help means. to do, and then we're gonna get right into it because we got a lot to cover tonight. It's a big night. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, now that you've met everybody, 
let's talk about what we're doing. We're playing Dungeons and Dragons together uh, every Wednesday, uh, or at least every Wednesday that we're able to meet. We're going to be coming together and playing Dungeons and Dragons together for a couple of hours. This is going to be run in the fifth edition set of Dungeons and Dragons with the fifth edition rules. Uh, but you may see, you know, a few changes here and there, things that have been adjusted, tweaked, moved about. Uh, don't worry about it, you know. Sometimes we like to try new things, figure things out, make adjustments. Uh, it's all all part of the fun of putting it together. A uh, few other points to note. Uh, most of our sessions that we run here on the channel usually run for a couple of hours long. Uh, and if you end up not being able to catch our streams or if you have to miss it to go do something else, that's totally fine. Uh, we also have archives of our streams available on this same channel, twitch.tv slash natural one media. Um, so if you, if you miss an episode, feel free to just hop right back in and uh, get caught up. This is going to be a long form campaign, which means that the episodes are going to lead into each other. And there's going to be a uh, continuous plot line with these characters. Uh, and honestly, I'm kind of just wanting to, to hop right into it. Um, I'm, at, I'm at that point where I feel like there's extra stuff to say, but well, there's, I think there's, I'll leave partial for that. There's a couple things, uh, actually, yeah. that's kind of special for this this show itself. Um, so in general, as he mentioned, there's always a VOD after the fact. Um, but for this show, because we'll be able to kind of start fresh, um, we kind of are in a good opportunity to not only have this show be, be available as a VOD, but um, every... Every month, there will be a a highlight of this series uh, to catch up on main story points. Uh, along with the the actual full episodes, will be available as a podcast. Hopefully, it should be it should be simple as far as my research has gone uh, on Spotify. So that will be available, and it will be cool and fun. Yep. And you can also, uh, or at least just through RSS, out. no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you can also keep an eye out on our uh, Instagram page we have as well. Natural One Media has its own uh, Instagram page where I'll be posting uh, some updates, a few things here and there. Uh, if you go there now, I believe you can catch the the trailer that we had put up uh, a little while back, teasing this campaign. And there's going to be a lot more to come uh, in addition to that. So definitely feel free to follow along with that. Uh, keep up with it, and uh, we'll be posting regularly. Dare I say that trailer is pretty badass, so please watch it. Absolutely. Confirm. Alright, I think that's all the announcements. Mm -hmm. I think it is. I don't know, guys, are you ready? Oh, I've been yeah, ready for the yeah. last are you, you ready two months. Are you, are you ready? I mean, it's, it's up to I'm you, you know? <laughs> oh, hold on. I got to tie my shoe. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm getting Jack. a phone call from... Uh, my phone says uh, his name is S. Pam. I got to... <laughs> Sound really important. Oh, sorry, I only have six of my sets of dice out. Let me get the other dozen. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's low for this. That's right. <laughs> we got started. I was gonna grab my dice from the table because I was mad at them last <laughs> night. <laughs> I got mad at them last night. <laughs> As we all know, the of the get mad at objects, you leave them on the table. Right. Sorry, That's gentlemen. Funny. I'm going through a tunnel. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, that only works for me. Look, I didn't like the virtual ones. Maybe upset last night. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, this they, is they did. Dice. They did, in fact, better themselves later. So I had plenty of decent roles, but most of them were just being bailed out by good like bonuses <laughs> <laughs> or having advantage. <laughs> so I'm not letting them off the hook. Like when you win a game, but your coach still get, but it was like really bad, and your coach still gives you like that you got to do better speech. <laughs> yeah, you still uh, get yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all familiar with that. But yeah, okay, uh, or Dylan? your parents, one or the other. <laughs> Dylan, I don't know about you guys. I've been perfect my entire life. <laughs> ah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for some people, the coach was their parents. Yeah, not your best those kids. I just want to say, uh, Dylan, you got this, my man. Okay. Then let's do it. Okay. <laughs> okay, brother. As the famous voice actor Chris Pratt once said, let's go. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Okay. We begin. I think we just Thank ended. God. <laughs> In the year 999. YK. Welcome to the world of Eberron. Upon it, a vast continent with centuries of history, known as Corvair. This continent has seen its fair share of changes as of late. A massive war spanning over a hundred years saw the rise and fall of several nations. Its end brought about by cataclysmic destruction, the ruin of a once great land and millions of its people. The time we enter now is a time of tentative peace, with many wondering how long it can truly last. Civilizations have begun to return to normal, or at least a new normal for them, as they adjust to new allies on their borders and prepare themselves for any new enemies that may arise. Such is the world that these five find themselves in. Struggling to adapt, to grow, to find themselves in the new Corvair. In this, the year of the swan. We zoom in further. A large mechanical serpent from a distance. But coming in, we see that it is actually several rectangular cars connected together by elemental energy, moving in a locomotive state across a vast plain. This vehicle, known as the Lightning Rail, 
streaks across as the sun has almost nearly reached its peak in the sky. The lightning rail is a means of travel that allows even more common folk to make their way across all sorts of nations throughout the continent. In the wake of the last war, some of the lightning rails lines have been severed. There are some routes that it can no longer take. But with peace established between many of the neighboring nations, the rail has been able to run again in full. And anyone who is able to has taken advantage of it. So as we find ourselves focused upon the lightning rail, traveling down and into one of its many carriages, we finally meet all of you, travelers aboard the lightning rail, heading towards your own destinies. The rail car we find ourselves in is almost entirely empty. Populated with large, leathery red seats connected with each other to form these sort of C-shaped, uh, almost like lounging areas. Separated off from each other by wooden walls and sliding glass doors, opaque, so that they cannot be seen through easily for anyone who would like a little bit of privacy. It is within one of these rooms that there sits an older gentleman and his companion, a woman with white skin, beyond human features, and a set of wings. Marshall, if you would like to describe your character. Yes. So, uh, silver pertain or contains kind of a, you know, kind of a pale look to her. Very, uh, the wings themselves appear not of kind of the normal or like the average fairy kind of butterfly appearance, but her but two sprouts of antenna and the wings on her back betray that of a moth as much to francisco's lament <laughs> um that my deathly fear of moths comes back to bite me in the ass her uh her eyes themselves almost appear you know have a a appear kind of have a lot of black to them there is a bit of you know of kind of more like a human like whites to them but the iris and the pupil both share a black co color 
but otherwise she dresses very fairly formally and uh but always has her trusty instrument to her back that uh for real me is sitting back there because discord is a cuck <laughs> and kept <laughs> and wouldn't let the sound come through the microphone <laughs> <laughs> Even though I turned off every noise-canceling service on it. <laughs> I've ran into this problem many times. Um, thus, uh, while she has the instrument, I do not. <laughs> Her companion, an older gentleman, hair-grayed, weathered eyes and face wearing fairly suitable clothing though there are touches to his shirt the boots he wears uh, that suggests somebody who does a lot of hard manual work there's a scent coming off of him very light bit of a salt to it. That of a sailor. Your companion, Thomas, has spent the past hour or so not even looking at you, just gazing out the window, watching the hills and the trees roll by. After a long silence, Thomas turns and looks towards you. Isn't it wonderful? About what? All of it. The mountains over there. The trees we go by. To finally be away from those docks for once. It's like a whole new world. Being on this is... A bit different for me, Bill. How do you feel? I used to just fly everywhere. So, you have to imagine allowing something to take me on its own is a bit, uh, bit different I guess I have a little bit less to have to pay or I'm forced to I don't have as much to be keeping an eye on do you reckon you might get rail sea, sea sickness rail sickness you feel queasy at all uh, not particularly at the moment 
Thomas looks around for a moment. As he does, if you would like to give the rest of the cast here any other descriptions for uh, Thomas, just so that they can get a better uh, picture of him, uh, definitely feel free to do so. Yes. Uh, well, um, I don't know if it, but what we'll is inherently like looking to the the roll twenty icons later, but <laughs> um, for sure, Thomas is meant to be a sea elf. Um, <laughs> uh, like he said, a bit weathered. Um, many of his features have kind of gone like or kind of show signs of someone who has been on many uh you could say their own fights whether potentially due to his demeanor that be of battling with the sea or in in the last war (laughs) Uh, having been a long time sailor that kind of meant that there was a multitude of <laughs> there's a multitude of potential uh origins for scars right uh as thomas looks back to you he says you know i find it a bit odd i, I haven't seen too many people coming in through this this here carriage no conductors or, or anything like that it's it's just been us for a little while now hasn't it I don't know. Are we meant to be chucked up on? I, I'm not sure. Actually, do you do you reckon they have food? I figured they'd probably have like a, a cart or something going around with food or drink. Maybe it is a separate car. There are many. Maybe you're meant to walk around. You hear a. A slight grumble coming from his abdomen. You, uh... You you wouldn't mind, uh... Getting me, uh... See if maybe you can get me a nice drink or something to... Quell the old nerves, would you? I feel like if I were to potentially find out where the meals are, that might also help you. (laughs) It might. Oh! Costa reminds me. Uh, and he kind of pats his person for a bit before he pulls out a, uh, a very tiny, thin little scroll uh, with gold uh, ribbon wrapped around it. Uh, I don't know if I had uh, had clarified uh, as far as, you know, where we're going. I mentioned my, my friend before uh, that we're going to be visiting for, for work. Uh, d- didn't I ever tell you his name? Because I, I worried that I didn't. It feels like a crucial piece of information to have given you. You know, in all that preparation for getting the stream ready, I totally neglected to get my, like, writing set up ready. Me. I was doing, I was doing the same thing five minutes ago. few seconds like, here. Notebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> lay you underneath it for now for a sa- as a safety precaution 
All right, yes, please. <laughs> yes, yes, well, uh, so this friend of mine uh, goes by the name of Milo, Milo Marigold, and he's actually a restaurant owner. He lives uh, north of us, uh, City of Passage up in Ondare. Uh, he, he owns, uh, he's got uh, a restaurant that he, he, he looks over. I think he's got like a, a full inn and he's going to be expanding out that inn uh, even further, which is where we come in. Uh, he had mentioned possibly needing some, some additional hired hands to help with, with getting the new, new inn put together. Uh, and he had mentioned if we gave him a hand, then he would be more than happy to provide us with a place to stay while we were up there as well. It's supposed to be a lovely city up there, right by the water. Lots of, lots of things to see. Uh, should be, should be quite fun. Well, I, I hope it wasn't necessarily for a massive amount of manual labor as I'm not necessarily the most equipped for lifting pallets. <laughs> well, he he may not know you too well, but he does know me and he knows that I'm getting on in my years as well, so I'm sure he's not expecting too much of that. As well. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? You know, if you could, if you just want to see, you know, if they have maybe some drinks or some food in the next carriage up, that'd be, I, you know, I'd greatly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And I, I would definitely be in your debt and uh, very thankful to you who are a, a great, a great friend of mine and who I would definitely never call old, even by accident. <laughs> Remember who's got the ears on me now. <laughs> As right, I, right. I'll kind of get up and <laughs> uh, begin kind of walking myself to the uh, 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 to the back. And if anything, oh. this would kind of be a a if a, to whatever Thomas I guess would insight from it, but mm. um, me walking. Is not normal. Sure. Yeah. He um he watches you for a bit, and as you as you leave and kind of around the corner there, uh, into the main aisle, uh, he returns back to looking out the window. Okay, now I can actually read that. I wrote like undare in the most sloppy way, and I just like was like, I'm gonna look at that later and be like, what on earth did I write? <laughs> uh, yeah. So you in the in the carriage that you're currently in, um, you know from when you had initially boarded that there's only maybe one or two carriages behind you, mm -hmm. uh, and none of them had any kind of like food or drink set up. They were uh. Uh, really more for the uh, a few seats situated like the ones you have here and then a lot of additional luggage things that people didn't have as carry-ons um, as well as some additional equipment that's kept at the back 
Um, so if there's any kind of food or drink that's available, it's likely going to be uh, towards the front of the rail. And is that north or south of on the map? That's going here? to be in this direction right here. Okay. So we are inherently moving north. I'm yes. not. I'm not on the icon. That would. <laughs> I was hitting the arrow key. I wasn't moving. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go, go ahead and on move. the door since that's kind of the end of the map here. And so as you and there's uh so there's these doors that are uh these large steel or it would actually be iron in this case large iron doors that kind of separate the compartments uh so you're able to kind of pull open this door it's rather heavy uh but it glides along this track that it's mounted to and you pull open this door and you're (laughs) yeah you're able to walk through into the uh the next compartment i as i kind of grunt to open it i don't i kind of look I'm gonna look back to see if he's made any notice of my struggle to open the make door. A, make a perception check. <laughs> say it's just one of those. Yeah, we're like real quick. Like, <laughs> go ahead and make the first roll of the game. Sick. Literally, almost a one. Just one tick over. Would have been a one. <laughs> uh, but that instead is on eleven. All right. Uh, from this angle. Because of the like these wooden like walls that are put up in between the different seating areas, you're not able to see what he's looking at currently. Uh, uh, you, you didn't like. Just, I, I don't like, see his head, head peeking eye. out into the. Yeah, not peeking out into the aisleway or anything. Watching you. That's what's important. Uh, <laughs> I'm drawing his attention. <laughs> so as you make your way into the next carriage, uh, you find yourself looking at uh, a further arrangement of these kind of U-shaped uh, lounging areas. Uh, and as you walk forward, you actually do start to see more passengers. Uh, a few of them you recognize from when you had first boarded the lightning rail. Um, you see kind of two groups. Uh, there's a group on your left of these uh, three travelers that are talking in whisper conversation with each other. Uh, and as you are closing the door behind you, one of them sort of peeks around, whispers something to their companions, and then they slide their door shut, uh, closing their little lounge area off from everyone else. Uh, ahead of you is another door, but this one is just a, a wooden door with a full-view glass pane, uh, allowing you to see further down into the uh, carriage. Okay. So I guess, yeah, I will... Uh, seeing it just as... Uh... Move this side. The handle's over here. <laughs> As you walk forward, the uh, the lounging area to your right, there is uh, a set of two travelers. As you walk by, uh, the two of them take notice of you. Uh, one of them whispers uh, to the other, uh, and they they just can continue to watch you. Not really in any kind of hostile way, they just seem kind of inquisitively be looking at you uh, as you walk by. Alright. I will head to the door then. So, uh, as you approach the door, would you like to go through? Yeah. Alright, so as you approach, uh, you open the door, it slides very easily. And you find yourself 
looking at the next set of lounging areas, both of these areas have their doors closed. So you're not really able to see inside of them uh, very well as you walk through. Uh, but as you do, in the lounging area on the left sits two people. Uh, one of them is a sort of orcish figure uh, wearing adventurer's clothes, heavy leathers, uh, belts, uh, large boots, uh, sitting sort of in contemplation, uh, occasionally casting stares at the figure sitting across from him. Uh, Francisco, if you would like to uh, briefly describe your character. Right. Uh, so uh, what you see is about a young adult, roughly 18 to 22 years old. Uh, he is tan skinned uh, with long black hair that does seem a bit disheveled and as if it's just let, uh, allowed to grow um, with what looks to be a uh, slightly worn gray bandage over his eye, his uh, left one. Um, his clothes seem to be lightly armored, uh, but nothing too outrageous. Um, and uh, he sits there, kind of leaning forward with one hand, um, kind of like if you lean forward, but with your arms on your thighs and you're just like con contemplating. But instead of having both hands right there, he has one hand kind of hanging loose. The other one's kind of rubbing the outside of the uh, the bandage uh, as if he is lost in thought. Uh, but otherwise, uh, when you look at him, you see that he is definitely nervous. The orcish figure sitting across from you notices as much. Uh and sort of leans in a bit, a bit of a uh, confidence in his movements and a bit of a cockiness to his uh, to his delivery, as he says to you. What what's the matter? Dragon got your tongue? No, um, just just think nothing. Nothing, nothing important. Um, and uh, when he leans in, uh, I lean away to maintain the distance between the two of us. What are you? Are you queasy? Do you get you get queasy on these things? Do you get real sick? Is that a thing? Um, yeah, Ralph is. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not feeling that great. Um, oh, Ralph is the right word. Uh, sorry. Uh, how much longer until we reach where we're supposed to go? Look, kid, we're we're just getting started. Really, we haven't even left the, the country yet. We we still got to go way up north. I think we're looking at about probably about six hours or so still. Look, if the motion of the the rail makes you uncomfortable. Just just look out the window. Good way to distract yourself. Think about all the money we're going to get. I mean, come on. How can you not be excited right now? Look at where we are. I, uh, 
um, yeah, yeah, no, you, you're right. Uh, you're always right, Belfast. Um, I am. I always am. Listen, you listen. You stick with your good buddy Ralphus, and you're gonna be okay. All right. Because if you don't, and he pats something uh, tucked away uh, underneath of his uh, leather breastplate, uh, make a uh, make an insight check. Oh, I get the first roll. Whoa! Oh no! <laughs> the first the honor. Roll, yes. The honor. The first second roll. That is correct. The, the first, first second. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I was like, did you? Wait, who rolled first? <laughs> did we I forget? Believe... <laughs> yes, I did. Um, that's an eleven. Eleven. Um, you uh get an uneasy feeling and a sense that the thing that he is padding is most likely uh the contract that you and he are both uh innately familiar with. Right. Remember, we pull this off. You're free. You're golden. We'll both be golden. You can buy a suit of armor made of gold. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, man. You're you're good. Right. Um. Relax. Right. Uh, this. This is definitely a lesson of perseverance. Um, uh huh. Right. Okay. And hey, I think it is. Yeah. Listen. If we pull this off, all right, you don't get all skittish on me. You do what you need to do. I promise I won't tell anybody back at the house about you snooping around. Okay. We can keep that between you and me. All right. I'm your buddy. I got your back. Nobody has to know. All right. But I know. Got it. The best friend's blackmail. I am. <laughs> I hear you loud and clear, Rufus. Good, good. You know what? I think you need a drink. Because I'm not even feeling anywhere near as nervous, and I need a drink. So you must be jonesing for something. Uh, what's your poison? Hmm? What you need? You want mead, ale? Water. What? Ah. Uh. Oh, buddy, no. Oh. Look, I mean, okay, technically you need water to, like, live, I guess. <laughs> but where we're going, I got to teach you. I, there's so much to teach you, really. All right, fine. We'll start light. We'll start light. But when we get to our next stop, man, we the things I have to show you. And he, he stands up quickly from his seated position goes over to the door uh swings it open wildly uh and he says you and me we're going places kid all right me and you going places right um yeah me and you great and he turns around and immediately uh runs into you silva by accident here probably right about there yep and he sort of falls falls back a bit stumbles back says oh geez whoa whoa watch yourself all right you all right 
How hard did you run into me? <laughs> uh, not too hard. Uh, he was fully in motion and wasn't looking at you, so a bit of an elbow check. Uh, but not enough to do any damage. Not enough to do any damage, but it's to somebody who barely ever walks in, a, in, in their daily life. <laughs> Whether or not I keep balance is potentially another question. Okay, we're good. <laughs> All right, that's all. Hey, you, you all right there? Uh, sorry. I guess I wasn't. I guess I was distracted around. No, no, no. That's all right. That's that's all me, doll. That's that's on me. You, uh, you, you, you had to get a drink as well. That or something to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got. Uh, next next carriage up, actually. They got, like, this huge, like, bar-type thing all set up. Got a bunch of drink options, food stuff. It's gonna be great. I'm heading up there myself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you take care of yourself, all right? Careful not to run into anybody else. You might hit somebody who's not so friendly, okay? Keep that in mind. Yeah. All right. Uh, see you around. And he, uh, turns and, uh continues walking down the the carriage uh towards the front uh meanwhile in the uh lounging area directly to the right of this conversation the traveler within sitting by themselves hears the small commotion outside and then a brief conversation that occurs uh listening intently kevin if you would like to briefly describe your character. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so in the lounging area is uh, a person of indistinct uh, gender, primarily due to the cloak that they are wearing around themselves. Um, look to be about average height, uh, a tanner skin, um and uh brown hair and that's really all that you can really make out of them from any vantage point um does anyone like actually like look through and like look directly into the lounge either the orc or the your uh your door is currently closed as well so yeah. it's got kind of this opaque glass that makes it gotcha. very difficult to actually see uh, fully into it. At the most, you'd be able to make out like very rough shapes. So somebody gotcha. looking through would be able to tell that somebody's sitting there, but it would essentially just be like this super hazy, grayish black blob. Cool. Uh, and you haven't been really bothered by anyone uh, for pretty much the entirety of the trip here. Um. You've just kind of been sitting, sitting here, but then you do hear this commotion outside, uh, the sound of something hitting something else, and then uh, conversation, uh, some sort of speaking that's happening between two people. It's your choice if you would like to investigate or if you wish to uh, stay in your position. Um, how how good would sound travel through those doors? Are they would uh, like? Doors are a little soundproof, but not not necessarily. So if okay. you were to roll a perception check, you may be able to pick up on uh, what they were speaking about. 
It's a nine. A nine. You are able to pick up at a couple points uh, on somebody speaking rather loudly. And you think it might have been the orcish gentleman that was loudly uh, speaking about visiting some far-off place to the north uh, when you were first boarding the, the lightning rail. Uh, the tone sounds familiar to him. Gotcha. The the other figure, you're not quite able to make out. Their voice is much softer. Uh, and you're okay. not really pick up on anything that they're saying. Yeah, I mean, all I, all I would really be listening for is, like, general, like, just, can I pick up, like, a gender or... <clears throat> You know, what am I, like, what I'm here, like, trying to figure out if there's any inference that that could be related. Difficult, difficult to determine from the second voice, but the first voice is loud enough that you, you feel you're able to make the connection that it might be the, that same orc. Uh, cool. From before. Yeah, then I'll, I'll just keep where I am. Okay. All right, so we return to Silva. Uh, so Silva, you are now standing in your position. The orc has kind of strode off away from you further towards the front, uh, leaving the lounge area to your left, uh, the door now wide open. And you can see inside of it that there is a, uh, a humanoid figure sort of sitting there quietly, uh, to themselves, not really saying anything. I'll just kind of, I guess like just from the... I guess because the door kind of opened as a result of that, I'll just kind of, I guess in some way, um, I'll just kind of give like a smile and then um, like just a, not like an open mouth, just like close my smile and I uh, head up towards the, the other, the other cabin. Have you ever seen a human being shrink further into themselves? That's what happens with, uh, with Dak as he kind of just sees the smile and just uh, shrinks into himself. I don't really pay much to it at this point. Just kind of move forward. All right. So as you move forward uh, further down into the compartment, uh, you are able to see another uh, set of lounging areas. Uh, in this one, uh, both of the doors are opened. Uh, to your left, you see what looks to be a uh, a smallish uh, halfling with with messy hair, uh, and to your right, uh, what appears to be a uh, dwarf with a much larger and more impressive beard than the the halfling. To begin with, Bennett. If you would like to describe your kid. Okay, yeah. Um, so Johannes, he's a uh, he's a halfling with uh, yeah, like scruffy blonde hair, a beard, not anything too crazy, kind of like what like Marshall has maybe. Um, so like an ashen ashy blonde, um, nice blue cloak uh, held together by a pin with like a blue rose um, 
holding it together over his uh, meager things, a small little bag with uh, containing pretty much all of his uh, his belongings, and um, he's kind of just sitting, staring out the window, and then occasionally like feeling in his cloak, and you can kind of see that there's a a weird dagger that um, I keep grabbing for, just like kind of looking at and looking back out the window. And to your right, the dwarf. Jade, if you are available and you can describe your character. Is that a no? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if we got him at a bed. <laughs> if not, that's fine. I can, uh, hands pointing I can to, hands pointing to know. Yeah. So the dwarf that you see to your right uh, wears extremely heavy plated armor, uh, a white beard and hair, uh, slightly tanned, darkened skin, weathered. Uh, hands are noticeably extremely gruff and calloused. Uh, he looks like somebody who has done years and years of manual labor of some sort. Uh, sitting next to him, uh, by his side, is this enormous mace, uh, sort of leaned up against uh, one of his feet. Uh, and he is sitting by himself in, in the lounging area, uh, seemingly not paying anyone any mind. In a meditative state, you might. Hmm. Eyes closed. Muttering something softly. Bennett? Hello. Your character, who for most of this journey has been trying to sort of avoid uh, too much social interaction with everyone else. Uh, can't help but notice the figure that is walking down the main aisle. Uh, you have never in your time seen uh, a creature like this. Uh, you're not familiar with it in, in any way. Um, but it is humanoid walking upright. Uh they have the appearance almost of like a moth, uh, white skin, wings, uh, and they sort of are passing, passing by you. Um, I kind of just like, I'm just like glancing for like too long. <laughs> like like where I'm trying to not to stare but it's pretty obvious that I'm I'm definitely staring. Uh Silva with your passive perception you would catch uh that this halfling is uh is staring at you. Uh seemingly unabashedly. No nodding to myself or noting to myself not the first time uh kind of almost just making a 
kind of just taking in like an extra like quick step to the door. I I noticed that they sped up and I was like, <clears throat> and then just like look back out the window, <laughs> just try to play it off as nothing happened. Uh, Dylan, do you have the music ready, like volume really low or something? Uh, I can turn it up a bit if you need. Like compared to our tattoos, it's all but like, disappeared on me. <laughs> Bob, up a little bit. And my like in my like master volume is all the way up. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a softer track than the one that we had tested. All right. So as you uh, as you pass by the two of them, um, the uh, orc from before uh, suddenly re-enters into the carriage uh, and is walking back towards you. Uh, he has two drinks, one drink in each hand. Um, as he walks back towards you, he. Uh, gets up to the door that's now kind of separating the two of you. Uh, he, he looks at you through the door and he kind of makes a little motion with his hands towards the, the door handle. Uh, He's just kind of like, I'll open it. <laughs> as you, as you open it, he lets out a, a sigh and he says, Oh, thank you. These are so heavy. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely need to, to grab one of these before they're gone. They are delicious. And he takes a sip of uh, one of them. It is a, yeah, right. from what you can see, looks like a super fruity cocktail of some sort uh, with a uh, a lime uh, wedged onto the, the top lip of the glass. Uh, the other one is a large... Uh, Almost like a stein, uh, the contents of which you can't really make out uh, at all. Oh no! Uh, and he kind of, with with both of the drinks, he kind of wedges his way past you. He's like, yep, yep, sorry, pardon me. Yep, excuse me. Uh, wedges his way past you and quickly makes his way back around and into the the lounge area that he was sharing with Dak. Uh, sitting down with a slam that almost causes the drinks to spill uh, before he hands you, Dak, the large uh, stein. Uh, it says, here. Dak reaches out and grabs the stein, doing everything in his power not to make physical contact with Ralphus, and uh, takes it uh, and starts cradling in his hands. Uh, what? Uh, what is it? It's it's water. <clears throat> it's it's water. It, you know, it's uh, you asked for water, so I got your water. Ralphus, I don't. If this is water, I don't think this is drinkable. What? <clears throat> what are you talking about? What do you mean? I don't... It's got too much of a yellowish tint. 
yellowish tint. What? I'm just, I just sit on the ground next to me. Thank you, though, for the... Thank you for the drink. I I do appreciate the effort you went into getting it. And, um, yeah. Okay. You're going to want to take a big drink. All right, I got something we got to talk about. Serious business. Uh... Okay. So remember how I said before that we were going to be going, you know, into Northern Ondir so we can get to the mountains, you know, so we can get to, you know, what we're going to go collect. Um, there might be a bit of an issue that kind of just now came up. What happened? Is everything okay? Don't, don't panic. Don't freak out. It's just that, you know, I sent a message out to the contact that's supposed to be meeting us at the base in the mountains. And... I got a different guy back. Were they... Were they intercepted? If, does someone know? I don't know, but it's definitely not the same guy that we were supposed to meet with. Talking completely different accent. This sounded nothing like who we know. Then... Is that what should we, what shall we do? It's what's what needs to be done. Okay. What I need you to do is to stay calm and don't do that thing you do where you get all antsy and then you start, you know doing things that you shouldn't be doing. What I need you to do is I need you to follow my lead, all right? Because if this guy is some kind of interceptor or if he's here to mess with our gig, then we got to take care of him. We have to remove him from the conversation. All right? The last thing we need is somebody messing with this mission. All right? If they if we botch this, it's a botch for the house. Right. Yes. Um. Okay. You are armed, aren't you? You brought weapons with you? Uh, I reflexively look down at my waist, uh, which has a dagger and a sling. Yes. Good. Now, if we play our cards right, none of this is going to get ugly. But if it does, I need you to know that you're able to, you know, defend yourself. Hang on. I'm going to try sending another message real quick. 
You see him kind of <clears throat> take his hands real quick, waves them over each other. There's a pause as he sort of looks off over your left shoulder. Waiting. Waiting. As he does, Johannes, you hear a voice in your head. Okay. Johannes, can you hear me? Um, I don't have a lot of time. I don't think you're safe on the train. Wait, I think those that? bastards followed you on there. No. Like, how could they have known? Wait, who am I talking to right now? What? I'm just, like, looking around. You don't hear anything for, for a moment. Panic starts to set in. And then after a considerable silence, you hear the voice again. It's Penelope. Listen, I barely got away. I can only send a few of these before my position gets compromised. Get, get off the train. Head to the back of the train. There should be a, a compartment where they keep the storage and the luggage. You need to hide away there. I think somebody's on the train. They're tracking you. They're trying to keep out for you. And the I message like cut off there. I like look over the seats and so are, are you sure? Penelope, are you, are you still there? Damn it. Okay, I grab my rucksack and I start moving my way back to the back of the train. Silva and Nathaniel, the two of you notice this halfling suddenly get up and leave their lounging area and start making their way towards the back. From a passive perception, they look worried about something. Concerned. They move in a haste. So they're heading to, like, the back part? Yes, they're heading uh, south of us. They're heading to the back of the, the lake. Probably. There's not much to do, I'll just kind of, I'll just continue heading into the next cabin. Yeah. Johannes, as you are making haste, uh, I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh baby! Ooh, is it what I think? Natural it is? twenty. Oh, di something. First roll of the campaign is a nat twenty. That we're off to a good start. Hell yeah, getting it. Something falls out of your pocket, but with your deft halfling agility, uh. You notice it just in time to do a short hop and leap uh, over whatever it is that fell. Uh, 
what fell. <laughs> you look down and you see, uh, you recognize it is actually a long, uh, kind of rectangular little box package of short of sorts. Ah, uh, okay. And you realize that it is the the package you had from before, um, that you had not given to the the rail station the workers at the rail station. Yes, um, you had actually kept it on your purse. Yes, I tried to, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. package sits on the ground, still unopened. Uh, I pick it back up and like put it in my coat and keep moving. Set from yes. your lounging point, uh, you now see another shadow moving in front of your doorway. There is a slight small commotion. You see the figure sort of hop into the air a little bit and then stop. Um, and just through the fogginess of the glass, you're able to make out them dropping something and then picking it back up. Right. Uh, and I would have seen like the general direction that yes, they came they, from. They were, they were moving towards the, the back of the train, the, the rail. Gotcha. Uh, I'll probably give it like a half beat and then open the door just a little bit to check on what's going on. Uh, peeking outside, you, you look, uh, are you looking in the direction that they came from or the direction they're going? Uh, direction they're going. Looking in the direction they're going, you see uh, a familiar halfling with scraggly hair. Uh, they are wearing uh, blue attire. Um, I need you to make me a perception check. This is going to be a disadvantage. Disadvantage, okay. Got this. I believe in you. Well, I got a 15 and a 16. Uh, so then Ooh. that would be an 18. All right. Uh, as they are running away, they uh, sort of turn a little bit. And, and as they do, you make out just a brief flash uh, of what appears to be some sort of like a brooch or a lapel uh, on their uh, cloak. And it is a blue flower of some sort. Gotcha. Um, once they have fully moved through that door, um, before it like fully closes behind them, I'll kind of like stick a foot in it uh, to like kind of silently start moving that direction. Deck. Yes. I need you now to make a perception check. I uh, I can do that. That's a sixteen minus one, so fifteen. Fifteen. As Ralphus is speaking to you, uh, and he is, you are sort of watching him in silence as he waits to hear a response back from the message that he has sent out. Um, you feel a reverberation, <clears throat> vibration of sorts that is sounds like it's coming from the window. Like the window is slowly starting to to shake a bit, and then you feel it in the chair that you're sitting. 
like a like a like a vibration or a tremor. Rafis. I'm waiting for the message. Rafis. Shut up. Sorry. The rail's vibrating. I don't understand. I'm not getting anything back. Wait. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? What do you mean the rail's vibrating? Look, I point at the window. Um... It's it's a rail. It's it's a moving thing. It's it's moving. Of course, it's gonna pipe. Look, and he kind of is knocking on the window. It's moving. It, it's part of the, the. It's not like the the rail's not coming apart. It feels, Ralphus. It feels different. Different how? Bad. Uh, I just. I don't think we're safe here. Damn it. I wanted this was supposed to go smoothly. This was supposed to be a sure thing. All right. Okay. New plan. We're going to move to the back of the train. All right. There should be some compartments in the back that are a little more private. Everybody likes to, you know, sit up more towards the front. We're going to move to the back. Okay. Okay. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. If you see anything suspicious, let me know. All right? Okay. It's you and me. I'm relying on you. Don't mess this up. You have my eye and my ears. Yeah. Great. Uh, and Ralphus slides open the door uh, and steps outside. Do you follow him? Uh, yeah, and as I do, I uh, I close the door behind to make it seem like we're still in there. Uh, but I follow him into the next cart. Gotcha. Uh, so as you go into the main uh, aisleway, uh, Silva, you are continuing to move towards the other end of the carriage here, uh, towards the, the next carriage. Uh, but you haven't quite made it there yet. You pass by another set of uh, lounging areas with a few more travelers in them. Uh, these ones are not really speaking too much. Uh, and similar to the the previous ones that you've passed, uh, they do take notice of you as you are uh, walking by. Uh, one of them is sort of staring very openly at you. The other one elbows them in the shoulder. Stop that. The uh, other figure to the right uh, glances at you only for a moment uh, and then refocuses their gaze out towards the window. Dak, you and Ralphus find yourself in back in the main aisleway, and there is now a... Um, there is another figure that you noticed there uh, that you had not seen before. Uh, a person, indeterminate gender, but they are wearing this cloak, this robe, uh, that makes it difficult to see a lot of their features. Uh, they are now um, 
in the aisle as well, uh, with their attention focused towards something uh, at the back. Ralph is careful. Hey. Rufus calls out to this other figure. You, uh... You lost, buddy? Uh... Set will <laughs> kind of look over their shoulder and just turn back and start moving through the door towards the back. Rufus, uh leans over to you, Dak, and whispers in your ear. Have your dagger at the ready. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Dak does uh, not reach for his dagger. Set, you feel the orc's eyes uh, burning a hole in the back of your skull as you uh, continue moving towards the back of do they immediately like follow directly behind me like the door doesn't even like shut before they're moving through correct before the door even closes all the way uh the orc catches it and is beginning to follow you got it i'll keep a a notice of that and continue moving on Nathaniel, if you're here. Yes. You've been keeping to yourself uh, this entire time. But you also begin to feel something of a vibration. It starts with the window to your left and then expands to the lounge that you're sitting in. Different from the shifts in motion that you have felt before. Is it only on the window, or does it resonate through the car? It starts at the window, but the resonation, the resonance is spreading to the point where now you feel the seat that you are sitting on is shaking slightly as well. Feeling this up doesn't grab my mace. Stand up and see if I feel them before. The floorboards beneath your feet, at first calm, but then they too. Are beginning to vibrate a little bit it's like the vibration is traveling expanding okay i'll head out of my little cabin area into the main hall and try to follow to the source if possible the vibrations spreading further outward um You find yourself back in this main aisle. Just as you are entering it, you see, heading towards the back of the train, uh, two figures uh, walking through. Dak, do you close the door behind you mm -hmm. as you are going through? I do. Okay. Uh, so you catch as a the second figure is is closing the door behind them that leads into kind of the back back section of the carriage. I keep close to Ralph's. Take a note of that person and keep moving forward. 
Or panic, I guess. Silva. You hear in a tone you do not recognize ethereal, soft this constant tone, almost like a note being held. It starts from your left and then has sort of a Doppler effect as it moves, pans over to your right. I need all five of you to make a dexterity saving. Yeah, let's go. All right. All right, Johannes with 24, jeez. <laughs> Look, he's finally now playing a wizard. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, hey, chalk me up for girl, huh? <laughs> no. There it is. Oh, wait. There it is. Jay gets the first at one, right. huh? I guess I don't know if it makes a difference. Um, I guess you could just you just have to change the number if it matters. I guess I doubt it will. You did make a dex check instead of save, but it's true. You did make a dex check. Uh, no, I'm I'll, I'm willing to keep it. Well, I think uh, it would just be you'd have to change your modifier. I don't think we should change the rolls in those scenarios. We could do the math. Oh, I, yeah, it's, I mean, no, it's uh, it's actually the same. A, a one is still a one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll have you go ahead and roll a percentile die as I explain to the audience what is about to happen here. Here at Natural One Media, we have a special rule that we incorporate into our campaigns. Anytime that a player rolls a natural one, they will then have to roll a percentile die. A d100. It will determine, based on what they roll, a sort of special effect, an action or a consequence. Uh, that is present on a uh, table that we have designed, uh, presenting all sorts of scenarios and possibilities. Uh, Any time that a natural one is rolled, regardless of which check it is, they will then have to roll on the natural one chart. This rolled forty-one. Forty-one. Okay. Forty-one. Forty-one. It was almost the so answer 40. to life. All right, okay. this is first nat one of the campaign. Here we go. Let's go. Anti special. So one day I should change this to that forty-two with big reference to Hitchhiker's Guide. Ah, it's all good. We all suffer, anyways. <laughs> So with a 41, <laughs> nothing odd happens right away. Unless you count the fact that your legs immediately give out from you and you find yourself falling prone to the ground. Operations <laughs> aren't nothing to 
off that. It's something more, too. It's like, it doesn't feel like you fell so much as some sort of invisible force pushed you to the ground with immense strength. At the same time that this happens, Ralphus calls out to you, Seth, and says, hey, shy one, I don't think our conversation was over yet. What are you doing? Moving. I think you're trying to do more than that. And I've yet to see how that is any of your business. What you're about to see, and as he steps forward, all of you feel a sense of emptiness. The very sound in the air around you evaporates. And then is immediately followed by absolute chaos. Dak, you watch as the orc in front of you moves towards the hooded figure, beginning to draw a blade. And you are just able to catch, looking from your right side, glancing through one of the windows, a large shape flying towards the rail at an impossible speed before it smashes into the rail through the window, launches itself into Ralphus, wraps large iron arms around him, rips him down, and flies with him, crashing through the other side of the rail and off into the sky. Set, what was your dexterity save? 11. 11. You are thrown back. Uh, your back hits the the corner of one of the uh, the corner of the wood of one of the lounging areas, uh, and you take a point of damage as you are slammed into the wood. Deck, what was your dexterity throw? I beat set by one, so twelve. Twelve. You are hit with this wave of impact across your face, uh, knocking you back 10 feet, uh, and you feel uh, shattered wood and metal and glass streak across you as you take three points of damage. Um, 
cool Dak's not doing too great in terms of shock and going all that. Uh, so there's now two holes on either side of the train. Yes. And before you even have time to fully process them, mm-hmm. you feel the rail itself give an almighty lurch. The carriage shakes and rattles. And you hear the sounds of more glass shattering and more explosions. Silva, Johannes, Nathaniel. You see, as from the ceiling above you, another giant explosion is had and a large metallic object smashes down into the carriage, bringing with it heaps of debris and wood and metal and energy as it crashes down to the floor and then gets up into a standing position. Shortcuts failed me, and I accidentally like went back a couple pages. Johannes. Oh, I was muted. What the hell? Hello. <laughs> you specifically see, uh, as you are almost, we're almost getting ready to head into the next carriage. Uh, you feel a sharp tug as the rail shakes again. And you physically see through the window of the door in front of you that the carriage uh, behind is ripped asunder and torn away from the rail. Uh, And you see the front of it is smashed in as several large metallic figures crash into the rail, crawling inside of it and ripping it apart. The carriage disconnects. And as your carriage is continuing to move forward, shaking and rattling about, the one behind you that we that you are heading towards is disconnected and begins to fall away. Oh God. Um. Many of the travelers in their seats suddenly stand up and run. There are screams and yells. Many of them pass by you, running north towards the front of the carriage until they are out of sight. Ralphus is gone. And as everyone leaves the compartments, the rest of you are able to get a clearer look at what exactly has crashed into the rail itself. Silva and Nathaniel, you see before you, standing up now, an immense iron humanoid figure. Sinew of wood in between large metal plates that make up its body. It turns and looks at both of you with piercing red eyes. Dak? And set. A similar figure crawls in through one of the holes that has been opened, lurching their way into the path between the two of you. 
I need all of you to roll a history check for me. Oh, history. I thought that was command. I rolled a seven. Got a fourteen for you, my dude. Rolled a sixteen. I have an eleven total. Okay. I rolled a natural one. Uh, I'm not alone. It's happening. I'm not using the the D and D Beyond dice. That's the one time that I used it, and it gave me a natural (laughs) one. Oh Oh, no! Fickle mistress, let me tell you. Um, mate. We all start somewhere. I go ahead and roll that percentile. Ty. I will reopen the list. For some reason, I closed it the first time around. I'll Zeta. reopen that. That's gonna remain I was, open. That was, was going to be the last one. That was foolishly optimistic of me to think that we would run up the chart never, for today. Yeah, never, never believe. We're no watching. First I always hate 30. Get that doing this because <laughs> I don't use percentile dice enough. Um, uh, I think this is a four. Uh, so it's the two digits zero zero. Yes. Okay, and then it's a four for the other one. So yeah, that's a four. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought, and it was just like I'm. I it's always a struggle for me to tell yeah, what fine. it actually is. You'll get used to this. This teaches you. <laughs> no, it really does. Uh, this is gonna be either really good or really bad because it's one of the first few ones. Yeah. It's early on. so it, it is. A, it is a four total. Yeah. Yes. If this was divine intervention, you still won't be able to cast it because we're level two. Well. But that would have been a very good number, nonetheless. You should know better than to trust the D&D Beyond role. It's fine if somebody in one way or the other. I've had it work you know, It worked out pretty well enough. for me most of the time. Yeah, I'll welcome to the show, Kevin. <laughs> I've, had it, I've had it work before, I but like I said, yesterday they weren't super hot, and so I was running into like... I was only bailed out yesterday because I had good skill rolls or advantage in some scenarios. One of the times I would have had a nat one. Oof. So All right. I was going to say, Dylan, whenever you're a... Yep. I just had to get a couple of the things set up here. Okay. Uh. Okay. So, Seth, as you see this hulking metallic figure step up in front of you, uh, what was your total roll for that history check? A four. Four. Okay. It matched. You are, you are completely thrown off balance by this thing just appearing in front of you. Uh, completely hey. catches you off guard. You don't even have time to really register what it is that you're looking at. You just know that it is humanoid. It has it's it's bipedal. It's got two arms and two legs, and it has a face. And that face is looking at you with these red, soulless eyes. Looking uh, at me. And you just and you just watched another of its kind grab the orc that was accosting you earlier and just take the hell off with it. In your confusion, you remember trees, a thick forest, 
a small campfire and a short man sitting by it. He looks up at you, but his face is indiscernible. Something about it is comfort. You blink and you're back in present. And the face is no longer that of the kind stranger. It is of this thing standing before you. As it readies, presumably, to attack. Everyone, I would like you to roll initiative. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right, D&D Beyond. Don't fuck me on this. (laughs) Great. Hey, there we go. Mine hey, is a nine. We have a nine for Nathaniel. Uh, Dak got an eight right before that or after that. Yes. Eight. Okay. Great roll so far. You got an 18. I got a 15, by the way. I don't know if that came through. All right. So we got an 18 for set and a 15 for Johannes. Uh, I have a 23. 23. Wow. All right. Okay. Uh, Music's going to get a little loud. Just letting you know. This is a... This is a louder... I don't have the uh, the big horns, but I hope you'll like what I have prepared instead. There we go. So, we enter initiative. Ladies and gentlemen, it's combat time. Let's go. First up, Silva. You see before you this hulking autonomous figure that you recognize to be a warforged. Though this one looks a little bit more intimidating than the other ones that you are familiar with. What would you like to do? Okay, so it, this cart is broke off down here. Yes. So down here at the bottom, the the cart that was here before has completely been separated away. The one with Thomas. Yes. Illuminating my problem. Uh, how tall are the? Well, I guess the door the doorways probably are that tall. I was gonna say how tall are the the, the ceilings of this cabin? Uh, I've got a door to go about, through. About seven and a half feet. Right. Hmm. Well, so. I more in a way hoping they're not here for me I know (laughs) what a thought but uh someone hoping they're not here for me I'm just going to try to rushedly so is this door still closed or, or did this door close or that door is still uh, open from when uh, Ralphus had kind of passed by you with the drinks. Okay. Uh, this time taking flight, though, as I move. Okay. Uh, but 
Yeah, those are the same. Um, is I kind of hope, like, as I pass by it, that it's not super mean. <laughs> Let's see what happens when I come this way. <laughs> As you fly past. Yeah. The Warforged follows you unnervingly smooth in its movement. Uh, Nathaniel, you see this happen as well. The Warforged watches you as it goes by. There is a flash as it reaches a hand out suddenly, as if to try and grab you by the arm. But it just misses, catching air as you fly by. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> All right, sorry, sir. Okay, so I'm there. As what can I see for the uh what can I see can I see like a, is there like a window for any through any of these doors or Yes. Uh so these all of these doors that are in the main aisle have clear windows. Uh they're a full light. They're a full window that's gonna be easy to see through. Uh almost top to bottom. Um, it is the windows on the doors on the sides going into the lounging areas that are okay. What about the, but I mean, is it including the, is it the windows or the doors kind of going between cars? Yes. Those are going to be clear as well. Okay. So can I, how far can I see that the, how far gone is that? <laughs> uh, I will go ahead and make a perception check. I somehow rolled rolled my die along this nice the, the slide like on top of the other dice it's a trick shot you did a trick shot uh but it ended in a cocked die so i don't know what that means <laughs> for a trick shot uh for perception it's dirty 20. dirty 20. uh you are able to see through the two windows uh and glancing just over what you recognize to be another wharf forged in the next section ahead of you uh you see that the preceding carriage has become disconnected and is slowly becoming smaller and smaller in the distance. Like, incredibly smaller, or? Moderately smaller, yes. It's the, the rail you are in has become very damaged, but it is still moving uh, at, a, at a steady pace. I'll kind of yell out, yell out, like, no, Thomas. All right. Anything you would like to do as a bonus action? Um, well, I noticed that one grabbed me, uh, but I will, I will await for now. All right. Next up is going to be set set it is your turn so you have uh in your portion of the carriage here now you have this warforge standing directly above you in front of you uh you can see that they're kind of moving almost like they're getting ready to make an attack uh not too far behind them stands the other uh humanoid figure 
uh, that was originally with the orc, uh, and you see that they are now visibly bloodied uh, across the face and the chest uh, from the explosion that just occurred. Gotcha. Um... So seeing as there is the, so from where, where I'm at right now, is that door to that lounge area or was that kind of blown out? The, the shock of the explosion has not been enough to tear down the door, door entirely, but it is careening off its hinges a bit. You can still see through gotcha. the door into the next portion of the carriage, um, but it's still kind of... Oh no, I'm saying the little lounge area. Oh. Uh, which one? The one on the right here. Let me. Yeah, go ahead and click and hold on the uh, specific one. Is it... I don't know. Oh wait, select. <laughs> so, like this area. Uh, yeah. the The door that was there has been completely uh been eviscerated. Gotcha. All right. Well, then I ha basically I have no choice but to directly engage, even though that's not what I like to do. Um, I think... Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, draw my rapier and kind of step up to swing at it. Alright, go ahead and make an attack roll. Is going to be a 12. Alright, so as you swing with the rapier, there's a loud clanging as it glances across uh, the steel breastplate of this Warforged. Um, but it doesn't seem to have any reaction to it. It just sort of tilts its head slightly to look down at you. Uh, and you just hear this this low murmuring sound echoing from where its mouth should be as it just goes gotcha um you still have a bonus action in your remaining movement yes so what i think i'm going to do then seeing as clearly relatively ineffective um so Dak is up by the door is there anyone else in this section of the carriage or is it so just actually um johannes mm. you should be in this portion as well as you had raced ahead of set and we're heading towards the next carriage in the back um okay Wait, yeah, because I never actually moved my character. So which one would I be in? Like, where would I move? So you're gonna be uh, right down, right about here. Right here, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I think what I will do is uh, use my bonus action to disengage and oh. just move back towards the door that is now kind of ajar for the section that is now disconnected. Old spot to stand. Uh, 
All right, understood. So as you you disengage from from the uh, the warforged, it stops emitting this this odd uh, reverent tone to you, and instead turns and is looking towards uh, Johannes now. Oh God! As we move into this warforged turn, uh. It shifts its torso slightly without moving its legs at all. Uh, looks to you, Johannes, and just lets out this really discordant. And suddenly brings an arm up towards you. Uh, that's going to be a 19 to hit. That's going to hit. Alright, so... Uh, so you feel... the impact as the Warforged, uh slams its hand into your throat just below the base of your jaw <laughs> and physically lifts you up into the air. The impact of it is such that it doesn't actually grab onto you. It just sort of slams you up into the chin. You are thrown into the air. Your back slams into the top of the carriage and then you come crashing back down to the ground. <sighs> oh god, how much take, damage did I take? You take five points of damage. <sighs> what the hell is this thing? And as you fall... The Warforged turns and looks towards Dak and begins moving towards him. That's a nice. Warforged walks up until it is just within feet of you, looks down at you. There's no sound this time. Just the empty stare with the red eyes. Next up is the other Warforge. They are going to, having missed Silva, immediately turn to their left and move towards Nathaniel. And as they do, they move towards them, bringing an arm out, and when they do, there's a massive shoom as a blade protrudes from the arm. And they bring the blade around with a wide sweep to strike at Nathaniel. Okay. Uh, that is a 24 to hit. That will hit. Okay. 
It's going to be eight points of damage as the blade swings around, striking into your torso. Oh, gotta admire the crash. The Warforged will end its turn standing within inches of you. Blade down to the side, preparing to swing again. Johannes, it is now your turn. Um. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna like, like stop, try to stop coughing as I stand back up. Um. You know, I'm just gonna go in. I'll just like, <laughs> damn it. And I'll pull out my dagger and like charge okay. at it from behind. Try to stab it like right in the back. All right, go ahead and roll. You are, right. uh, I believe you are flanking. Um, wow, I'm rolling really well tonight. Uh, 19 plus 6, 25. Excellent. Uh, that will absolutely hit. Go ahead and roll your damage. Yes, 1d4 plus 4. Oh, 5 damage. 5 damage. Five whole damage. Hey, that's minimal damage for you. That's pretty good. That is not bad. All right, so you managed to find a a portion in the back of the Warforge where sort of this wood, uh, this wooden sinew or this connective tissue is visible, and you stab into it with the dagger, and the Warforge sort of lurches back, uh, before it it has the chance to entirely focus its sights on Dak. Uh, anything else on your turn? Um, no. No, I'll, I'll end my turn there. Alright, Nathaniel, it is now your turn. Alright. Things right in front of me. I grip my mace ever tighter. Feeling of being stabbed fresh in my mind. And take a swing while casting Searing Smite upon my knife. Ah, uh, Searing Smite, okay. You bring shame to the fires that birthed you. Now let the fires put you to death. Alright, go ahead and roll to attack. A 10 will miss as you swing towards them with the incantation for Searing Smite. Flames beginning to erupt from your weapon. Uh, The Warforged catches it. Brings it back down and lets go. All right. Perhaps the fires that burst you are stronger than I thought. <laughs> Alright, anything else on your turn? Nah, I stand my ground. This thing will not pass. Dak, it is now your turn. Okay, so Dak is processing a lot right now. Sure. <laughs> uh, he just saw the only person he knew uh be taken away suddenly 
Um, and now there's this large creature that seems to be attacking everybody. It's now right in front of him. Uh, and Dak right now is withering in pain, but not from the pain of the shrapnel, the pain that's arising from a sudden heat in his left eye. Um, and as he's holding it, he's looking up at the uh, Warforge. Um, and in a language I doubt anybody else in this train knows, <laughs> uh, he says, Atrukoli. Um, and he casts Enlightenment on this uh, Warforge. As a wave, a flash of heat uh, hits him right as uh, he casts. Uh, from his eye as he casts that. It's a wisdom saving throw, uh, DC 13. Uh, he fails with an 11. He's going to take 3d6 psychic damage. Nice. Go ahead and roll. Uh, that's going to be 14 psychic damage, and he has to use his reaction to move as far away from me as possible. Yes, indeed, he does. You, you see the Warforged just recovering from the dagger to the back, attempting to recompose itself. Now twists and contorts violently, letting out this awful echoing scream that sounds like it's reverbing through the parts of its body like it's trapped inside as it suddenly lurches to the right and runs past Johannes Johannes you can take an attack of opportunity if you wish Ooh, sure it's just a regular attack right mm -hmm. I haven't played a melee class in like ever so uh, 12 I don't know if that hits uh, 12 does not hit. Uh, okay. You make another swing. You tend to make another swing at the Warforce as it runs by, uh, but it eludes you. Um, running zigzaggedly uh, across uh, until it finds itself uh, side by side with Set, uh, visibly contorting in some sort of pain that you aren't able to recognize. Uh, similarly to its contortion, Dak is uh, kind of shaking uh, as he's experiencing his own pain from it. Um, but he looks up at Johannes. What are those things? How should I know? I'm just a chef, man. <laughs> uh, that's the end of his turn. I'm just a chef. <laughs> chef, bro. All right. We move back to the top of the initiative with Silva. All right. Well, seeing that there's no way. I guess, do I hear? The, I'm, I'm imagining I somewhat hear the Warforge behind me having. Yes. Yeah, you're cool a... enough to perceive that the, the Warforge has turned its attention towards the dwarf that you had seen in the lounge area before. Um, and there is clearly uh, a scuffle going on behind you there. 
making the visual clear. All right. I kind of softly just kind of like. I'm sorry. As I will f fly over here. Along the way, an echoous song will play or will come out of my. will come from my lungs. As I draw my rapier and attempt to stab at this mechanical. <laughs> this mechanical wood. <laughs> Alright, go ahead and uh, roll for the attack. Uh, okay. No extra attack bonus, you see. That's fine. 22. 22 will hit. Go ahead and roll the damage. All right. The DA. Bah! That could have been a little bit better. Uh, six damage. Six damage. Uh, I need to add my quick forward uh, my AC. And then... That is it. That is action and bonus action. All right. Set, it is your turn again. Cool. So uh, in order to attack, would I have to move in closer to the Warforged? Uh, yeah, depending on the, the range of your weapon. Yeah, so the rapier, I would have to take a step forward to... Yep. Okay. Um, then... Let's see. Um, yeah, so then I will go ahead and take a step in mm -hmm. and take a swing, in theory, aiming for one of the joints at uh, of the Warforged. All right, go ahead and roll for your attack. Uh, that will be a 24. All right, that will hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Right. Hell yeah, Batman. Uh, nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. You bring the rapier about, and with a hearty swing, you cut it at such an angle that you are able to find uh, several of the connecting joints uh, running from one of the forearms to the torso down to the leg. You swing the rapier down, and as you do... You see the wooden sinew connecting the pieces of the Warforged together splinter and snap. And the Warforged, still writhing in confusion, crumbles down and falls to the ground and becomes unmoving. Cool. Whoa. Anything else you would like to do with your turn? Um, I will, seeing that it is now basically deactivated on the ground, I will start moving away from it just in case it's not done. So, like, I guess I'll go ahead and, like, use a bonus action to disengage just in case. Okay. So that was five, maybe ten to move there, so fifteen, and then another fifteen, so I'd be right up by Johannes. 
Yep, so you're now uh, right up next to the halfling, who you notice has, from them being attacked by the Warforged, uh, also looks uh, in a significantly worse state uh, than you are in currently. Uh, so with that, we move to our other Warforged's turn. Uh, so this Warforged, now being assailed uh, from both sides, is going to uh, rotate around and swing the arm blade that it was originally prepping for Nathaniel. Instead, is going to swing it at Silva. <laughs> that is a five, which I'm assuming will miss. Uh, that's a yes. <laughs> uh, so as it's swinging, it misses the, the height, and it just whizzes above your head. You feel the air shift uh, from the arm blade flying directly above you. Um, Shorter than you think. <laughs> as as it rotates, it continues to move around in this circle and brings the other arm out, revealing a second arm blade uh, lurk, lunging this one towards Nathaniel for a second attack. The whirlwind strike. This one is going to be a 19 to hit. Uh, which should hit with Nathaniel's AC. Uh, yes, Nathaniel's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nathaniel, you are going to take five. Uh, you're going to take another uh, six points of damage. And then the, the Warforce is going to, with those two strikes, sort of push itself away from being in between the two of you and begin to move back out into the main aisle. So, so as it does, Nathaniel, you have an attack of opportunity possible. I was hoping. <laughs> Alright, let's see if this one better not very much 11 uh 11 will miss uh you attempt to uh bring the mace uh down upon the war force as it is moving uh but it manages to step away at just the right time it continues its movement further into the aisle uh and now silva you have an opportunity to play uh-huh. <laughs> 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 That's a th nine on the percentiles. <laughs> Join us, brother. Oh, oh man, this is episode one, guys. It's a cat. Three, three of five. five. You said that was a seven you know on the no. percentile? Nine. Nine on the It's thematic. <laughs> episode one. Oh, yeah. That one roll. Yes, you so you go to swing, uh, missing, just just barely missing the warforged. As you come back into pose, you suddenly feel this immense, intense urge to sneeze, and you you turn your head to to for some reason, like you instinctually turn away to not sneeze on the warforged, just out of like you know innate manners, I guess. 
uh, and in doing so, you accidentally just sneeze all over Nathaniel. Oh no! You had me at a chew. <laughs> <laughs> well, bless you, I guess. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's in my beard. All right, so that brings us to Johannes's turn. Well, um, so this one over here, he's still like hanging out. So the the warforged that you see, it is it is laying on the ground, seemingly unmoving. Unmoving. Um, um, the the light in its eyes has not faded out completely, but it is just sort of laying there still. I'm gonna come approach it and look at it. All right, what are you looking to do once you get up to him? Does it seem like it's like breathing? Does it have like a weird energy core or like? Uh, make a uh, <laughs> make an investigation check for me. All right, not good. Seven. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you are not able to pick out anything in particular uh, that appears to be out of place. Okay. Uh, it looks similar in in construction and in structure to other warforged that you have seen in the past. Okay. Uh, there there doesn't seem to be anything too odd about it. The only thing really would be the the eyes themselves. Okay. Um... Um, is there, the, the window's not open, right? No, okay. Uh, no, it's fine. I'm just thinking. Um, if you if you'd like to jump out of a moving train, by all means. No, I was thinking of tossing it out the, of the moving train. Ah, I don't know if I could do that. I might. Be... I mean, it's kind of what he was told to do in his defense. Uh, <laughs> so you've already so you've already made that uh, that investigation check there. So I would yeah. say that potentially on a following turn, you can make a strength check to see if you could lift up uh, the Warforged uh, oh. to bring it to one of the windows. Hmm. Um, this area I mean, is also open, that. right? Uh, it is still closed off. Oh, okay. Yep. The, the preceding carriage has been ripped away, but the, the doorway there is still closed in. Gotcha. Yeah, it was just the the only thing I asked earlier was if there was a window off to it. Yeah, you can see through it, but it is closed. Um, can I open it at all? <laughs> With an action, I don't know if I can. Uh, I will. Okay, here you know what? Here's what I'll do. I will allow you, uh, to attempt to open the door because this is going to be a strength check as well. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'll let you go ahead and strength check. Ooh, bad, bad four, four. That's not good. So you, so you give it a, a hearty pull, trying to open it, and set. You see the halfling uh, rush over and sort of grab the door and try to to yank it open. Um, as you do, there is another heavy lurch as the Oops. the entire frame seems to shift a little bit, uh, but the door remains sort of locked in place. Uh, and you are not able to budget. Shit. 
That's what Johannes says. Um, what are we gonna do? You say that to get rid of these things. Yeah, we need to get rid of these things. Um, do you have any response? I mean, I guess I'll just like end my turn. I, I mean, I guess I could try moving over to like help with the other one. Okay. But, yeah. If you wanted to take any any more uh, movement, you could do so. Yeah. Sure. Use your remaining movement. I don't. Whoa, where's where do I see my twenty five feet? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll walk to the door. Yep, you are you are a halfling, so twenty five. Okay. Okay. All right. So that is going to bring us to Nathaniel. Okay. I moved forward. Yeah, I can move. Uh, okay. I'm gonna take another try this. It taunted me for the last time. Oh. That's a twenty-one. Twenty-one. That is absolutely going to hit. Uh, Yay! And there we go. Still active as I didn't make a hit yet, so that's still good. Uh, as you are uh, going to bring the weapon around, um, Warforge begins making that sort of dissonant tone again, um, looking towards you. Go ahead and roll for damage. Five to that. That's my spell now. Two partner. All right, so looks like five, five, five bludgeoning plus two of the searing smite. Uh, let's see. Is that... It's also now on fire, and it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Nathaniel. Nathaniel. As you bring the mace around, you see and feel as it begins to glow with this fiery energy. Jade, how do you finish the fight? Ooh, neat. Um, well, with an engulfed in flames, I would hope it kind of melts Terminator style, minus the thumbs up. <laughs> So as you strike across this Warforge with a great heave, the Warforge is knocked back, falling backwards onto its knees. Uh, and from the point of impact, as the mace collides with its body, you see the metal immediately begin to burn and corrode. And a large streak of melted metal, a gash, is made across its chest. Uh, the mace moves upward, connecting with the head, searing across uh, the face of the Warforged and removing one of the eyes. Uh, the Warforged is brought down to a crumpled position, uh, moving slightly to get back up, but then slowly fading to a stop. 
there is an enormous lurch as the entirety of the rail shakes and is moved again. And then the carriage you are in slowly is brought to a stop. Slowly. Slowly comes to a stop. The I asked this question just because I was flying. Right. <laughs> yeah, enough for you to be able to adjust yeah. so that there isn't just like a slam forward. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> the door behind Dag suddenly bulges forward. Yep. The, uh, the rail slowly comes to a stop. The reverberations cease. And what was initially loud explosions and fighting gives way to an eerie silence. No sounds at all. No screaming. You don't hear any of the other passengers. Just silence. And in that moment, something else happened. The Warforged come alive again. From their positions, their eyes grow a caustic red, as if they are attempting to burn out of the chassis that they are housed into. The arms and legs twitch and move unsettlingly. The heads turn snapping up towards the sky and all of you here as if it's coming from all around you not just from the warforce but as if it's dozens hundreds of metallic voices crying out in unison divided we grieve united we mourn, divided, we grieve, united, we mourn, divided, we grieve, united, we. And you see the Warforged fully collapse to the ground. The eyes go dim, fading to nothing, and they are still. Once again, there is silence and no movement except for five souls standing in a carriage whose lives have potentially been changed forever. And that is where we will end our first session of Dragon Mark Symphony. Oh. And only three in that one. New record. Only three. <laughs> oh, man. Below the median. I don't know. That's we pretty, hope you all enjoyed pretty watching. above averages. <laughs> We hope you all enjoyed watching. I hope you all enjoyed playing. Uh, this has been a blast. Uh, be sure to tune in next time to see what is going to happen to our travelers. 
will they be reunited with their comrades? Will they figure out what in the world just happened? Uh, who are these warforged? Why are they here? And what happened to the other passengers of the rail? You'll have to tune in to find out. So be sure to be there next time, next Wednesday. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> be safe. I hope you all have a good evening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.